The following message comes to you from the pulpit of Zion Primitive Baptist Church in Zion, Alabama. For more information, please visit us online at zionpbc.com. I want to welcome you today to the Zion Primitive Baptist Church podcast. This podcast is an outreach of Zion Primitive Baptist Church, which is located in the Zion community near Gordo, Alabama. I'm Elder Chris McCool, and I serve as pastor of Zion Primitive Baptist Church. We are a congregation of believers in the sovereign grace of God where families worship together through the simple practice of preaching, praying, and singing. If you live in this area or are visiting here, we would love to have you attend worship services with us. We meet every Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. and every Sunday evening at 5 p.m. and the first and third Wednesday evenings at 6.30 p.m. I'm happy to note that our daily podcast is featured on Grace Alone Radio, which you can find at gracealoneradio.net. You can find the schedule on the website, and you can also download an app to your phone so that you can listen wherever you are. Grace Alone Radio is a 24-hour streaming service which carries the message of God's sovereign grace around the clock and around the world. Zion Primitive Baptist Church is located at 9487 County Road 49, Gordo, Alabama. That's near the intersection of County Road 49 and Alabama Highway 159, about 10 miles north of Gordo, Alabama, and about 8 miles northeast of Reform, Alabama. If you're interested in finding more sermons, you can go to our website at zionpbc.com, that's z-i-o-n-p-b-c.com, where you'll find all of our posted sermons as well as a link to subscribe to our podcast. You can also subscribe to our website which will update you every time a new sermon is posted. We've been looking at the book of Hebrews for some time now, and we've reached a point where Paul, who I believe is the writer of Hebrews, desires to teach them some of the deeper things about the mystery of Christ. He wants to tell them about the high priesthood of Jesus Christ, who was a high priest after the order of Melchizedek and not after the Levitical order. However, before he gets into this, he begins to chastise them for their spiritual immaturity. As a matter of fact, he tells them, I'm not able to tell you about these things that I want to tell you about because you're just not mature enough as Christians. The point he's making is this, is that we need to grow up. We don't need to always be babes in Christ. Join us today as we begin looking at that concept that we ought to grow up spiritually and not have to be fed with milk all the time, but be able to dine on the meat of the Word of God. But first, we have a song selection that I hope you enjoy. After the song, please stay tuned for another message of God's sovereign grace from the Zion Primitive Baptist Church pulpit.
Turn with me to Hebrews chapter 5 and verse 11. Now, to lay the groundwork, for those of you that have been coming on Sunday nights, we've been talking about the book of Hebrews. I didn't really intend to start out with a series on this, this book, but there were so many uh, sermons that the Lord led me to at the beginning of the book, and it seemed like that was just the natural flow, was to begin preaching from this book. So this, you might say, is part of the series on the book of Hebrews that I've been preaching on Sunday nights from time to time. And so to bring you up to speed, the book of Hebrews is a book of warning, primarily. Now the theme of the book of Hebrews is better, better. Everything we have in Christ is better than what they had under the law. Now I'll say it further today, everything we have in Christ is better than what the world has for us out there. There's been two warning passages so far in chapter 2 and verse 1. The writer here, who I believe is the Apostle Paul, said, Therefore we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard, lest at any time we should let them slip. And that gives us a little clue as to who he's talking to. He's primarily talking to Jewish Christians, people who grew up in the Jewish faith, who converted to Christianity and made a public profession of their faith in Christ, but who now, because of persecution, because of ridicule, because of all kinds of other assaults of the devil and the world and the flesh, have been, they have now been tempted to slide back. They've been tempted to let go of their profession of faith and to not be as fervent with it as they have before. And Paul is writing here, I believe, to encourage them, hey, we've got something better here and you don't need to let it slip. That's the first warning passage. And then on over in chapter 4 and verse 1, Let us therefore fear, lest a promise being left us of entering into his rest, any of you should seem to come short of it. Now that's not talking about the eternal rest of heaven, that's talking about the timely rest of the gospel. The rest that we have in the true teachings of the, of the gospel message, which is that Jesus paid it all. Jesus completely saved us at the cross. The Jews said it's, that's not enough. In fact, the Jews denied Christ had ever come in the first place. But even so, there were still some Jewish Christians who said it's not enough to just trust in Christ. You've got to be circumcised. You've got to keep the law of Moses. You've got to follow all of the old Jewish traditions under the old covenant in order to really be a child of God. He said, don't fall into that. He goes down in verse 10 and says, verse 9, There remaineth therefore a rest to the people of God. For he that has entered into his rest, he hath also ceased from his own works, as God did from his. We, we preached about that. You can go to our podcast and look up those sermons, and you can see that what we have to do is we have to labor. You know, it's not just a natural neutral kind of thing it doesn't just happen automatically that we that we are uh, are able to hang on to those things we have to struggle and strive for that now today is the third warning passage in the first part of chapter 5 Paul begins to focus upon the high priestly work of Christ and he introduces a character to, these, to us and to these Jewish Christians named Melchizedek. Now Melchizedek is an interesting character that we're going to get to at some point later on. Paul's going to get to it here in a chapter or so. 
And he tells them that, that I need to tell you some things about Melchizedek because Christ's high priesthood is like Melchizedek's high priesthood and not like the Levitical high priesthood. Okay? So he's, this is where we're at, and that's where we left off. That's where Paul leaves off. He says, here's some things about Christ. He, you know, he started out in verse 1 of chapter 5, talking about the high priest taken from among men. And, um, and then in verse 6, he says uh, that God the Father told him, Thou art a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. And down in verse 10, he reminds them that he was called of God and high priest after the order of Melchizedek. Now, the natural flow of the preaching should be, I suppose, right here to go start talking about Melchizedek. But there's a problem. <clears throat> and the problem's not with Melchizedek. And the problem's certainly not with Christ. And it's not even with Paul. The problem is with the people Paul is preaching to. Listen to what he says. He's just told them about Melchizedek, and he says, Of whom we have many things to say, and hard to be uttered, seeing ye are dull of hearing. For when the time, when for the time you, he's talking about you that are out there in the congregation, Paul's congregation here, for when for the time ye ought to be teachers, ye have need that one teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God. And are become such as have need of milk and not of strong meat. For everyone that useth milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. But strong meat belongeth to them that are of full age, even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. Paul says here, I've got some things that you really need to hear, but quite frankly, you're not ready yet. And, and I'm going to point out to you what the problem is, he says. The problem is you're dull of hearing. We all know the story of Peter Pan, right? Peter Pan was the boy who never grew up. Now that sounds great, to live in Neverland forever. But, you know, always be a child, never have to become an adult. I've heard some of my, my children from time to time as they were transitioning from from childhood into adulthood, you know, sort of stomp their foot and say, this adulting is terrible, it's difficult. <laughs> well, being an adult is tough, but we all need to grow up. And you know, there's a syndrome like this in real life called Syndrome X. There was a young lady, there was Brooke Greenberg was her name. She was born on January the 8th of 1993, and she died on October 24th of 2013 at the chronological age of 20. But at her death, she was physically and mentally still a toddler. She was about 30 inches tall, weighed 16 pounds, and had an estimated mental age of nine months to a year. Doctors couldn't figure out what the problem was. They called it Syndrome X. I call it the Peter Pan Syndrome. And as much as we love these babies, this young lady's condition was not a happy circumstance, but it was a sad sickness. We want our children to grow up. We don't want Peter Pans in our family. We want our children to become adults. And guess what? God wants his children to become adults. He does not intend for us to remain babes in Christ all of our lives. Now, I understand sometimes People are, the thief on the cross was born again at the end of his life. He didn't have much time to grow. That's fine. And, and being a babe in Christ is not going to keep you out of heaven. 
You're in Christ. You'll be in heaven. But here's what Paul says. He says, I need to tell you and to teach you some things, but you're not able to bear it. And essentially what Paul is saying here is grow up. <laughs> and that's what I want to tell you this morning. And listen, I, I said earlier, this message is for you. But for more than that, it's for me. Because I need it more than anybody here does. And this is what I want to tell you this morning. Grow up. Grow up, you see. See, the problem is Christian immaturity. He wants to start telling them about Christ and the high priesthood of Melchizedek. They're not able to hear it. They ought, you know, it's the same kind of idea that in the, in the I guess, what was it, 10th grade, when we got ready to take algebra, that the, the problem might be that you're still trying to learn addition and subtraction, you see. It's time to move on from the basics and to learn about some other things. So let's talk about that for a minute. Let's talk about the danger of dullness. Dullness is a dangerous condition to be in. It says, verse 11, he said, ye are dull of hearing. And that word dull there means lazy or sluggish or slothful. That's what it means. And this word only appears twice in Scripture. It appears here and then over in chapter 6 and verse 12, where he encourages them that ye be not slothful, but followers of them who through faith and patience inherit the promises. Don't be a sluggard spiritually. Don't be a spiritually lazy person. And the contrast there is diligence. Verse 11 of chapter 6 says, We desire that every one of you do show the same diligence. You see, it takes diligence to grow in grace. It takes diligence. And the idea in verse 11 there of six, chapter 6 is that the diligence will lead us to full assurance of hope unto the end. That word full assurance there means absolute confidence. Now look, I've got a Ph.D. in laziness, okay? I didn't, I didn't have to go to school to learn lazy. There's a lot of There's not an excuse you can come up with that I probably hadn't thought of. There's many excuses for laziness. You don't have to turn there, but go back to the book of Proverbs sometime. And just, or, or maybe just if you have a, a Bible online or do a search for the word sluggard or slothful or lazy. And there's, there's a verse I like over there that it says, Proverbs 20 and verse 4, The sluggard will not plow by reason of the cold, therefore shall he beg and harvest and have nothing. You know, when do you break the ground? You don't wait till the middle of summer to do it. You do it in the, in the spring when it may still be cold. You know, you say, well, we don't do that anymore. Well, let me, just, let me just share a little personal issue, okay? My wife and family and my son in particular, they, they think I need to exercise more and just walk, just walk. You know, that's all I need to do is just walk. And I'm very good at walking when the weather's 60 degrees outside in the morning. I don't have a problem with that. But as soon as it hits about 55, that's just a little too cold for me, <laughs> you know? And 50, and, 30, and 45, and 30, and 20. I, I, that's the biggest excuse I've got. I get up in the morning, and, and Sherry will say, you want to go walk? And so it's just too cold out there, you know. It's, so, I mean, I get this. You see, I've got the excuses that I need. It's so easy to put it off till tomorrow. We'll just wait. You know, this is one I like a lot. Proverbs 26, 13, the slothful man saith, there is a lion in the way. A lion is in the streets, Okay. Now, they were probably talking about literal lines back then, but I can find any reason not to get out and do the work. Think about all the excuses that we can make for so many things. Beloved, we can do the same thing when it comes to our spiritual life, our spiritual life. We'll come back to that in a moment, but 
Think about how many times, I think about it myself, how many times I have put off my Bible, my daily Bible reading to where I didn't even read it that day because I didn't have time. I couldn't find time. Let me just give you, let you in on a little secret. You're never going to find the time. You got to make the time. We talked about that a couple of weeks ago. There's many excuses for the lazy man and there's no prosperity for the lazy man. Proverbs 13, 4 says, The soul of the sluggard desireth and hath nothing, but the soul of the diligent shall be made fat. See the, see the contrast? Slothful, sluggardly versus diligent. The one who is on top of it, the one who is working instead of just desiring, you see. You can desire all day long, but until you get out and work for it. You know, that's, that's the problem with these scam artists today. Everybody's looking for a way to get rich quick. There's no such thing as get rich quick, but that's what these scam artists, they prey upon that desire of those that think that they can suddenly bypass the, the normal way that God has set it out, which is to labor for our living. And by the way, I just, I, I just wanted to throw this in for what it's worth. Um, the lazy man is not very popular, is he? Very few people like a lazy person. This is, this is what Proverbs 10 and verse 26 says, As vinegar to the teeth and as smoke to the eyes, so is the sluggard to them that send him. You ever had somebody working for you or working with you and you just ask them to go do something and, and it's the most aggravating thing you've ever done because they don't ever get it done or they take too long to do it and the next thing you know, you've got to do it yourself. You see, ultimately, laziness does not work in life and it does not work in our spiritual walk. And that's the problem Paul says that they had here. They were dull of hearing. It wasn't that, they, that, they, that the preaching was wrong or that they were having some issue with the, the church or anything like that. In fact, there, it's interesting. I, I read some, some research, I put it that way, about what some of the scholars think Hebrews, the context of Hebrews and when it was written. And some think it was written to a church that was meeting in a home over there that that was a specific church it was written to and it was to be shared abroad with all of those and and you think about how blessed we are here we're so blessed to have a a, a, a nice building a place to come to that's the normal quote-unquote way of worship in this part of the country you know we get to come here and meet but I know people who have met in homes for years the Las Vegas church meets in a home they're, they're diligent to do that, you see. But those in this day mostly were meeting in homes and other places like that. They didn't have big church buildings. Ultimately, those who are dull of hearing will fall away from the diligence and the full assurance that we need in life. And, and, and I want you to think in, with me on this about dullness. Dullness is not a position that we have to work to get into. You don't have to work to come into, into laziness or sluggardness. It's the default position. It's the default position. It's all you've got to do is just quit focusing upon uh, the doctrine and upon the Bible and upon the church and upon prayer and all the things that we need to be focusing upon. It's not hard to become dull of hearing. It's easy. That's what he said earlier, isn't it? Back over in chapter 2, he said, don't let these things slip. He didn't say throw them away. 
You don't have to, have to actively throw away your faith. You just let it slip. You let it drift away. I know I use this analogy every time I guess that we talk about this, but it's so apt when you're at the beach and you set up your umbrella and your bags and everything at a certain point and then you get out into the ocean and you decide to float around, swim around a little bit, you look up suddenly and, and the, the umbrella's 100 yards up the, up the beach. You've drifted away. You didn't intend to. You didn't actively swim down there. You just let the current carry you. That's, what, that's how easy it is to become dull of hearing. It's a default position. It's like a fire. One thing I remember, Brother Glendon, when, we, when I was in the fire department back when I was 16 and 17 and 18 years old, we did a little training with some of those folks from the fire college over there. And one of the things that stuck in my mind, they said a fire is never static. It's never standing still. It's always either growing or being put out. You don't have to encourage a fire for it to continue. It will continue and it will consume everything unless the firefighters take the proper steps to stop it. Same thing with dullness in our daily walk. It will consume us if we don't take steps to stop it. Notice what he said back over here in verse 12. For when for the time ye ought to be teachers. Now, now based upon the number of years that they had been in the faith, Paul says here they ought to be teachers. These are not new converts. These are not people that have just come to see the truths of grace and become Christians, but join with the church. Not babes in Christ according to the length of conversion, but they are babes in Christ according to their, their, uh, uh, their growth in the faith. Let's, let's, let's take an analogy from our own families. <clears throat> I had a friend, a good friend from back in college and we, we've stayed friends through the years we have we have four children they had four children all about the same ages and we were discussing the rigors and the challenges of raising our kids at one point and about how the the, the age difference in their family was about like ours there's eight years between or seven years between meredith and mason and the other two are in between and, you know, as, as those children grow up, you don't expect them all to remain the same age of maturity, see, the same level of maturity. And this friend of mine was telling me about his oldest son, who was, like I said, about Meredith's age, but he was pro they were probably in their mid-teens at that point. He said, I finally just had to sit him down and say, son, at your age, it's time for you to be part of the solution instead of part of the problem. <laughs> That's kind of what Paul's saying here. He's saying, children of God, for the time you have been children of God, as far as in a vital relationship, been born again and, and converted to see the truth of grace in Christ, it's time for you to start being part of the solution and not part of the problem. And, and I believe that's good for us today. We need to be part of the solution and not part of the problem. We don't want to be the ch kind of children that are always uh, the, the problem in whatever setting, if it's church or whatever family setting or social setting. We need to be growing up, not babes in Christ, but mature children of God. See, we can lag behind in so many ways, maturity-wise. We can lag behind in doctrine. You know, there's so many children of God out there, and it's not all their fault. They don't have access 
to the kind of preaching and the kind of teaching of doctrine that we have in the Primitive Baptist Church. We're so blessed, so blessed. I don't, I'm talk, not talking about me particularly. I'm talking about just our whole ministry. You know, those that are around us that come visit from time to time. We have so many. I have so many fellow ministers that I can go to when I have a question about doctrine. And I can, you know, that it's never good for a church or a preacher to be isolated. Never good. There's always, there's never been a situation where I've seen where a church or a pastor or preacher was isolated where he didn't, they didn't get off the rail somewhere. There was a problem somewhere. Having this kind of access, but we can lack so many children of God out there. All they hear, all they know is just a little bit about Jesus. You know, some of the, think about some of the, some of the singing. I, you know, I love, I love our hymn singing here. You know, one of the reasons I love our hymn singing is because we're, we're singing some doctrine. We're singing the truths of God's word. We're singing one or several of our hymns are written almost tracking psalms, some psalms there. We sing the 23rd Psalm. That's the title of one of the hymns. You know, out in the world, you'll hear one phrase repeated over and over and over and over. They even dim the lights in many places. I guess so that congregation can't read. <laughs> I don't know. But I'm just saying, there's, we can lag behind in doctrine. And Now look, I'm, I'm talking about them out there. Let's bring it to us in here. We can lag in doctrine, okay? Listen, I, I, I preach, I'm so thankful to have a congregation to preach to every Sunday. Every Sunday morning, Sunday night, two Wednesday nights a month. That's wonderful. And, and I'm so glad you're here and you need to be here because that's another area that we can lag in is in our church attendance and our devotion to the body. But I'm telling you, I can't give you all the doctrine you need in two hours on Sunday and once every other week on Wednesday night. It's not enough. I try, I, I give you all that I can, and I give you all that the Lord gives me, but this isn't enough for me. Due to the constraints of time, we will stop the message here. But please join us tomorrow for the conclusion of this message. If you would like to subscribe to our website, please go to www.zionpbc.com and sign up for email updates. If you have any questions, please feel free to contact the church at zionpbc1847 at gmail.com. That's Z-I-O-N-P-B-C-1847 at gmail.com. Or you can email me directly at jchrismccool at gmail.com. That's the letter J-C-H-R-I-S-M-C-C-O-O-L at gmail.com. Again, thank you for listening. May the Lord bless you is my prayer. We thank you for listening to today's message. For more information, please visit us online at zionpbc.com.